Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's the Siskel to my Ebert, the Roper to my Ebert, the Ben Lyons to my Ben Mankiewicz, it's Arturo Zorita. What would it be if, uh, if it was, what's his name? The Leonard to my Malton. <laughs> uh, nice to be back over here. We got a, we got a special one for you. We, we took a little bit of a break, a little busy. My man wasn't even in the States. Yeah, you want to tell man. where you were? Uh, yeah, I was a little bit uh, transcontinental, going uh, to Europe for a few days, visiting some friends, had to do that, had to give myself that time. Uh, it was a little hard balancing our schedules, because we're both busy people outside of this show and with this show, uh, so thank you for coming back and uh, joining us after a brief intercut break. We're going to make sure this I, is I a really go good episode him. for all y'all. He went to Amsterdam, I had to go get I got a call, <laughs> and I had to say, no matter who you are, I, w- I have a particular set of skills in podcasting, and I will find you. <laughs> but we got Zach back. We're yeah, good to I w- go. he pulled me off of the Tiffios bench to tell me that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are. Uh, it's bracket season here bracket on the intercut. Season. March Madness may have ended. Shout out to Villanova, but film Twitter is deep in the bracket debate. So uh, we'll get into some Spielberg, A24, and Netflix talk in just a few minutes. But first, mm-hmm. we got to start it the way we start you off every week here on the Intercut Art. What you been watching, bro? A lot since the last time. Let's see. Um, Ready Player One. I thought. Yeah, was that's a very... big movie. Did you see it yet? I haven't. I missed it. Right, but I'm gonna well, catch up. I'm sure we'll, pre- we'll talk about it soon. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting movie. I thought it was good. I thought the nostalgia references, you know, I made a couple of videos on it. Uh, the Easter eggs are fantastic. Yeah. Anyone telling you they found all the Easter eggs, they are lying. There's no way. <laughs> Spielberg even said, he's like, when that one get in there? Like, literally, he's just like, well, who put that one in there? That's the uh, thing for me about all the Easter eggs. I'm like, what 20-year-old is doing all this under Spielberg's nose? Because there's no... Uh, yeah. Does Spielberg know what Akira's motorcycle looked like? It's, like, like, <laughs> it's weird ones. Like, they snuck in Schindler's List, the book. Schindler's art, like, stuff like that. I was like, all right, so we're going to be, away, like, for years trying to figure out what it is. Um... It's fun. I don't yeah. think it's as mind blowing as I wanted it to be. Maybe it's my expectations too high, but I, I think when you watch the movie, you're, you're gonna look and you're gonna be like, maybe the way I did, it's a kids film. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we're talking like, it's kids full kids fighting full grown adults, and the corporation that's fighting them is the dumbest corporation. I made I thought it was a good joke. This corporation like literally hires interns just to to study pop culture. So they can like find the keys. Mm-hmm. So I made the joke that I'm like, oh, so it's Watch Mojo. <laughs> oh, so it's Looper. Oh, it's all these YouTube channels that like whore out everything Buzzfeed. that you love. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I will say, probably the most impacting thing, probably the thing that really got me the most was the fact that they actually thought they can make, uh, what's her name? She's right behind you from Thoroughbreds. Olivia Coleman? Is that Cook. her name? Cook. Olivia Cook. They thought they can make her right look ugly. Poster. Right? Because because when he sees in real life, right, she's like, oh, no. She's like, why are you covering your hair? And she's got, like, a tiny birthmark. Ooh. No! Olivia Cook is hot as can be. A girl's wearing booty shorts, too. She's wearing jean booty shorts. She's like, oh, I know. I'm so hideous. Right. She, like, her lips are glistening in the wind. It, it was like Yeah, there's real world work. ugly, and then there's movie ugly, which is, like, five steps above real world beautiful. <laughs> Bro, she could have covered her entire face with that birthmark. It wouldn't have made a difference. But it was it was a good movie. 
Um, let's see, I'll go down something else, see if maybe you've seen it. Uh, did you watch Acrimony, Tyler Perry's newest film? Uh, no, I, I skipped the Tyler Perry joint. How was this one? Uh, it is the story of Taraji P. Henson turning into a villain. A, ba- a straight-up Batman villain when she doesn't get Well, she's it. fun to watch as a villain. She is fun to watch. To see her go absolutely bonkers was, was a joy, so there yeah. is that. Um, your faith, how's, how's your faith? We just had an Easter weekend that passed by. Yeah, Passover weekend as well, depending Passover on how you well, how you do it, right, whether or not you right. believe in a, right, the yeast rising or not. Exactly. Well, I believe it's God's Not Dead year, <laughs> and God's Not Dead 3 came out, and I don't know if you heard, but I thought it was the best of the trilogy. Is that saying much? Yeah, I, I know that's not saying much, but I was surprised that you, like, praised it at all. <laughs> Knowing wow, your dude. history with the franchise. Exactly, right? We, 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 we have an abusive relationship, uh, the guys with that franchise and I. But I came out of it going like, wow. All I'll say for it is that they, it's like they, they saw the YouTube videos and articles about it. And they looked in the mirror and said, let's criticize ourselves. And they, they kind of be rabbit it. There's a little eight-mile moment that happens in there when they go, all of you guys are yelling. Oh, I'm yelling too. Maybe we should shut up and listen to each other. And I was like, ah. Perhaps a bit more introspective than previous exactly. entries in the God's Not Dead franchise. So for that alone, I'll say, ah, that was pretty interesting. But, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, those were the theatrical releases. What have you been watching, Zach? Yeah, well, uh, I, as I mentioned, was flying intercontinentally, and uh, the best part of a really long flight, in my opinion at least, is catching up on movies. I had a few queued up, and uh, thankfully, you know, I got that flight that had that, like, video on demand, so I got to pick out of uh, the ones that I haven't seen yet, so what I miss in theaters, Welcome to the Jungle Jumanji I caught up with. Hey, what'd you think? Man, I'm totally on your page. That I movie, it, I'm not, fun. I'm not going to say it was like a perfect version of what it could be but it was close to it perfect version of what it it could be (laughs) it was close to it like it's a really fun kind of schlocky dumb premise but but enjoyable adventure movie uh you know there's that whole conceit of the movie that the main four stars played by uh uh, Dwayne Johnson Karen Gillan Kevin Hart and Jack Black are all Inhabiting the personalities of these high schoolers that get transported into the game. That's a really fun conceit that lets them kind of get... There's no other time that I really believe Dwayne Johnson as a bit of a schlub, as Mm -hmm. a guy who's nervous. But it really works here. The the Kevin Hart stuff really worked here. Jack Black... Jack Black is the best one in the movie. You know, I, I think there's a lot of ways you can kind of handle that character and make it seem a little bit mean, like you're making fun of girls or you're going to make him seem effeminate or something. I thought it was kind of like lovely the way he handled it and hilarious how he's teaching Karen Gillan to flirt was was hysterical to me. (laughs) When he pees for the first time? (laughs) Yes, yes. And I just thought, I thought there was like a really warm, uh, fun center to this movie that it's not really consequential in a huge way, but it's not, Mm. but it's also not completely dumb. It's not a waste yeah. of your time in the way that I expected it to be when I first heard about this premise. So, yeah, I mean, as a movie to just kind of, like, catch up with if it shows up on HBO or something, that's that's a definite recommendation for me because I really, really Agreed. enjoyed it. How uh, long was your flight? Eight hours. So you saw Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle four times? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, I actually put on uh, Atomic Blonde as well. Which oh, okay. I think I'm also on your opinion in that I'm kind of like 
can give or take on the movie, but that last little bit has a lot of really killer action in it. Yeah, uh, I mean, the boy. action in general is really, really good in that movie. I just never felt like I understood why. Why? Or what, what what's happening. Because the thing about that movie, she keeps just kind of walking into rooms, punching everybody there and leaving. And I don't think she actually gets anything from most of those places. But yeah. it's fun to watch. I, I kind of thought it was perfect for uh, what I needed on that flight was just like bouts of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I can't necessarily say I recommend it, although if you're an action movie fan, uh, definitely worth checking out. The surprisingly really great movie that I saw is one that I think just came out recently on VOD in the States, and it's called The Death of Stalin. Have you heard of this one? Uh, it's the one I, I got the screener for it, and I've yet to see it. I don't know why. Like, I literally have it on my list before I make my monthly wrap-up, but yeah. uh, I have not, but I have heard good things about it. Yeah, so. this is one from Armando Iannucci, who did In the Loop, if you're in a fan loop. of that movie. He's also the co-creator, or I think the creator, of Veep. Uh, he's very, very good at this political, satirical comedy, uh, this kind of comedy of showing how people in charge are sometimes more interested in protecting their own image and their own sense of power, their, their own seeming power, than they are in actually doing the right thing. So this takes place in the Soviet Union uh, around the time of uh, when its former leader, Joseph Stalin, uh, died. And then it's just sort of showing the weird flailing for power that exists among the people underneath them. You have Steve Buscemi and Jeffrey Tambor among the many uh, people who are in the Russian intelligence there. And it was just, it's so funny in the way that these people are desperate to try and prove something, but also desperate to prove that they're loyal. And uh -huh. they, they, there's like a very uh, comedy of manners there where they're all trying to like stick their necks out in a society that slits, uh, you know, slits your throat for sticking yeah. your neck out. If you uh, have enjoyed any of his political comedies, you're guaranteed to like this one. But even if you haven't, I, I'd recommend it just because I think there's kind of like a fun energy to the way that they're all... Uh, conniving against each other and it's basically a movie where everybody knows somebody is going to end up at the top of this power and who a power pyramid and whoever doesn't will probably get killed uh, but it's not it's it's like a it's like a dialogue action movie <laughs> you know because there's no real fighting there's just a lot of like conspirating yeah so like what Tarantino does best yeah yeah I'd with say, that dialogue yeah I mean I'd say it's like half of a Tarantino movie if you take yeah. out all the bloody stuff I'll be watching it tonight, so should have should have seen it already by now. But cool. So yeah, well, I'll get back to you on Ready Player One. You get back to me on Death of Stalin on a future edition of the Intercut. Uh, but we'll move on. We're not going to do the usual yay or nays. We wanted to talk a little bit about brackets because mm -hmm. with March Madness and stuff, it seems like a lot of film Twitter has become occupied with the idea of brackets and rankings and uh, what have you. So. We wanted to get a, get into it and talk a little bit about the best Spielberg movies, the best A24 movies, the best Netflix shows. Let's start it off with Spielberg, though, because Ready Player One, as you mentioned, is the latest Spielberg film in theaters. Uh, he's a director who's made a lot of films and a lot of very different films, so I think it'll be kind of interesting. Uh, if you We have a bracket that we're working off of, which we'll post a link to in the description down below if you want to see as well. Let us know what you think. Let us know what would win in your bracket challenge. Uh, but let's start this off real quick. Art, 
the 1 through 16 matchup is pretty e oh, 1 through 32, I guess, pretty 32, easy. Yeah. 16 uh, on each side. E.T. versus Spielberg's debut film, the uh, TV movie Duel. I mean, I think Duel's really underrated, but I don't know if anybody's mm. going to go that over Ain't E.T. Ain't nobody put it in E.T. All right, so I think the way we're going to do this is, for the most part, I think you and I are going to agree, right? Because we have yeah. a podcast together. But if we ever don't we agree, we just we together. yeah we just come back and default to my opinion. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to have to do that with this one, but I definitely have to say I'm going to have to phone home with E.T. So, I mean, it's number one for a reason. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so should we go to the next matchup? All right. So this was, I guess, one of the ones where it starts to get interesting. Color Purple versus Schindler's List. They're very different movies. Uh, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who really stand for the Color Purple and love it a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you can necessarily go it over Schindler's List, which is the movie that kind of earned his, his Oscar and is kind of why many people consider him not just important, not just good, but important as a filmmaker. Bro, Schindler's List, you know the story about Schindler's List in his, in his school? Uh, what about it? So you know how, like, the people who created film school didn't go to film school, right? <laughs> so, oh. uh, yeah, so he he decided to go to school. Someone in California, one of the schools in California, and his uh, his final, his thesis, his, his senior project, whatever you want to call it, was Schindler's List. <laughs> the Academy Award-winning... What race defining? Can you even say race? For like the Jewish yeah. opeth that is Schindler's List. That was his. That was his. That was what he turned in. I mean, yeah, he he volunteered to not get money for the movie because I think he said he he'd consider it blood money. Yes. Uh, but I mean, whether or not that's even publicity or not, it, it it's just that the movie itself is really effective, really uh -huh. powerful at showing uh, the, you know devastation during World War II. I think it's one of the the classic. Uh, you know, <laughs> Holocaust films. It, you know the one no the, uh, just didn't, in illustrating the utter devastation. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna go Schindler's List there. For Think sure, Schindler's fair. List. Next one up, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones versus the BFG. Not a lot of people saw the BFG in theaters. Uh, I, I think this is a pretty easy decision as well. Last going Crusade. Last Crusade. This one's hard. Yeah. So we got in the uh, 8 versus 21 matchup, Saving Private Ryan versus Munich. Now, Munich's Saving, good. Munich is kind of one of his more underrated movies. It I think is. a lot of people have been coming on late to Munich and really mm -hmm. appreciating what he did right? there. It's, yeah. like, it's like you'll see like an influx of a couple articles writing about Munich. Right? And you're like, oh, y'all barely rented this movie? Yeah. No, is it not? Munich is your, your favorite YouTube film essayist's favorite Spielberg movie. Pretty but much. it... I still just don't think That's it savage. can hold a candle to Saving Private no, Ryan. No, nothing's holding it. Saving Private Ryan is what you see on the back of every DVD for the newest war movie. There's something Saving Private Ryan is. That's yeah. what it always gets compared to. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, people like to say that Saving Private Ryan losing the Best Picture Oscar to Shakespeare in Love is the worst uh, Best Picture tragedy of all time. I, I think bit. that's for a reason. People really, really think Saving Private Ryan's great. I do too. Jaws. The diesel's in this crazy. <laughs> Jaws versus Twilight Jaws. Zone. Yeah, I don't think we have to argue about that one. Jaws, Jaws is classic. Close Encounters of the Third Kind versus AI. I mean, I don't know if I'm, this is just because I'm young. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to just dismiss AI here. What? I'm saying AI. You're saying AI. Oh. I'm saying AI. I know it takes like 40 hours. I know it was, the VHS was like three VHS tapes that you needed to put right after another. There's something about AI. This was the movie that uh, um, 
Kubrick was working on. Yes, yes. And when he passed, he like, I don't know if it was from him or if it was a studio, they passed it on to Spielberg. Spielberg was the one that, that, that got the rights to it and he finished up the movie. Um, I know it's really long, but there's something about AI. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Close Encounters is also kind of great with that. And I, let's I, argue I don't it. Let's see. Let's discuss it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this because I'm I'm looking at what it's gonna go up against. Right. So it doesn't matter to me if that right. makes any sense. You know, they use the thing with brackets, right? Exactly. You, sometimes you're just like fodder for the top seeds. And right. Uh, either way, I think this choice is going to end up losing to Jaws. So maybe we just lean with AI because I, I, I remember it better encounter. too. Hey, you know what? How about we put them both because they both gonna get eaten up in the next one too. <laughs> so we'll leave that well. as a draw. Cool. You got uh, one. I got the other. All right. So going to mid two thousand Spielberg, we have this Catch crazy Me right here. If you can versus the Terminal, two Tom Hanks Spielberg team right ups. Here. This, uh, this is a kind of fun matchup just because I, I kinda, love both of these movies. I have a soft spot for the Terminal. I know a lot of people uh, so make do fun I. of it, but no, I have I don't a big soft spot for that movie. I saw Terminal twice in theaters, boy. <laughs> I've never craved Burger King more in my life. I've never gone quicker to an Aldi and tried to collect all of the cards to get money the way that he did in the, in the Terminal just so we could have money to eat. Every time I'm in, I'm in an in a, a airport, that's what I always think of. I think of Tom Hanks, but catch me if you can. I think that's one of his most underrated movies. I concur. Do you concur, sir? <laughs> I concur. It, it's just such a great film. It, it's <sighs> it's fun. It's interesting. It tells a really unique story, and it moves super quickly. It's got great performances. I mean, one of Leo's best performances and most yeah. overlooked performances yeah, as well. Yeah, pre-Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's literally Wolf of Wall Street Jr. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like we got to go catch, catch me can. if you can. Then in the last matchup on the left side of the bracket, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark versus 1941. Again, I don't think this is uh, much of a contest. Yeah, Raiders. So moving over to the other side of the bracket, Jurassic Park versus Sugarland Express. Again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I. I mean, think we're going Sugarland. So, sorry, sorry, Jurassic Park and Sugarland all the way. Just end the bracket. Um, so this is another one where the rankings don't necessarily line up with my feelings. Hook, they've got at 15, and The Post, they've got at 18. I know a lot of people diss on The Post. You and I kind of like The Post. We kind of like The Post, but I know a lot of people also like Hook. Hook is one of those where, you know, it's but not... do they, do, not, though? It's not big with critics, but they love it, right? A lot of people But do they, or do they just love their childhood? Know. That's a good question. Because, like, I don't, I don't care love for Hook. Hook. Yeah. I don't like Hook either. I, but The Post, I know the joke is that Meryl, Hanks... Spielberg made for Oscars feminism made for Oscars all that stuff right the joke was the joke at the Golden Globes was uh, uh, when what's his name was mentioning what the movie was and then they come out with all the Golden Globes but what did it win and at the Oscars what did it win right and I think we've gotten to this point I think you and I had that discussion Tom Hanks Meryl Streep Spielberg make better movies than anybody else is making but because we have them on such a pedestal, we start disrespecting them when they're coming out with good work. And I'll say this, you know, I'm not going to say that, that that's a blanket for all of his movies, because I did feel that a bit for Bridge of Spies. I wasn't the biggest one for Bridge of Spies. E- even less so when uh, my boy got snubbed, because I will never forget that. But... R.I.P. Sloan's Oscar R.I.P. R- R- yeah, we still remember you. But The Post, and I said this after I came out watching it, the same people who love Spotlight... 
all of a sudden not liking the post confuses me. It yeah. really does confuse me. Yeah. Like I had said a joke, I was like, well, if Spotlight won Best Picture and the post is better than Spotlight, doesn't that mean it should win? And then someone said, he's like, no, that's not how it works because it's a different year. And I'm like, ah, that's kind of opening up exactly what I'm talking about. If, then we're clearly not talking about the merits of a movie. We're talking about what is the most... Um, Topical, Socio-political, exactly, thing going on. But the post, I believe, is made better than uh, Spotlight. Or, well, yeah, Hook? definitely Hook. And Hook. And definitely Hook, yeah. All right. So. so let's give it to the post. Next matchup, we got Lincoln versus Bridge of Spies. Oh, in, a, <laughs> in a battle of two Spielberg movies that I kind of didn't like so much. But uh, Lincoln's actually... I think the difference is Lincoln's actually good and Bridge of Spies is not. I'll say I'm gonna go for Lincoln just because of that uh, that story that uh, your boy DDL Dana Day Lewis was like putting on his his clothes and then he looked at his watch or something remember yeah. and he told the, the the costume maker he was like excuse me but I'm about to be in Phantom Thread so I know how to do this and this wasn't created until 18 whatever so this doesn't exist yet and he uh. called him out he had to do those people's jobs so that's how into character he was uh, the next matchup the Lost World versus Amistad. Uh, Jurassic Park follow-up. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Amistad, so I can't really comment, but uh, I, mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that are taking it over Jurassic Park The Lost World. I'm not the biggest fan of Jurassic Park The Lost World. Is It's funner than Amistad, I would say, but I remember Amistad as being that movie we had to watch freshman year. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey, like, <laughs> up in that place. Yeah. Um, I really don't care. I'll say The Lost World. I do think Amistad is the better film, but... Yeah, this little section of the bracket, I'm not feeling so hot on. Yeah. But uh, I, I, should we just go to the Lost World? I think more uh, people go would Lost want world. us to go to the Lost World. I don't care what people want, but I'm going to go Lost World anyway. Now, I don't understand this placement at all. They have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as the number three seed. <laughs> uh, going up against Empire of the Sun. So, kind of a lucky draw. Wait, why we, don't, why we don't like Crystal Skull? Is that a thing? <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all don't like my boy going into a refrigerator? The fridge? And- Nuke the fridge? Yeah. Bro. Um, that being said, I actually haven't seen Empire of the Sun. It's one of my Spielberg blind spots. That is one of the only ones I haven't seen either. Yeah. Right? That's the one with the with the, with the kid? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right in front of the sun? <laughs> is um, Christian Bale in that one? I think Christian I, Bale's I, in that one. He, the best way I'm going to put it to you is, is this way, right? Empire of the Sun, as I'm looking here, Empire of the Sun and Adventures of Tintin are the two that I have not seen. So right. crucify me if you want, even though I've seen the rest of them. But right. I'm looking again, If as we deal with brackets, you always look at it this. Instead of spending so much time in one, Crystal Skull, Empire, don't matter to me, because this next one. Right. So we have Minority Report going up against War Horse. No. Um, I, I'm not going to make my feelings sit in. I hate War Horse. I think I don't it's care really for bad. So even if I didn't like Minority Report, I'd go for War Horse. But I think Minority Report is super dope and underrated. I don't know how I explain this to you. Minority Report may win this bracket for me. If, if you don't put a, a good debate for some of these other ones, I'm going to tell you that right now, Minority Report. We'll get so back for, to Minority yeah. Report soon. Uh, Temple of Doom versus Adventures of Tintin. You just mentioned you haven't seen I Adventures haven't seen of Tintin. I haven't seen Tintin, so if you got... I have, and I don't really have much of an argument for it, especially not over Temple of Doom. Now, this is very interesting, because as soon as I came out of Ready Player One, someone said, so do you like Adventures of Tintin, then? Like, some guy was having an argument. Mm-hmm. So I guess Adventures of Tintin... And that style goes hand in hand with Ready Player One. There is like that adventure, action, adventure, like kind of suited for younger kids. I don't think Tintin is bad. I just, the Temple of Doom is really good. Temple of Mm -hmm. Doom is iconic. Temple of Doom has multiple scenes that you know exactly what happens even if the sound is off. You know? 
I, uh, I, I'm gonna pick it because I think that's a, the one of the better franchises. Yeah. And just as a whole, so I'm gonna put that there. And then in our last first round matchup, it's War of the Worlds versus Always. I'm picking War of the Worlds. Yeah. Unless you had something to say about Always, but I didn't care about that. Always was one of those movies that it's not the it's not the same as Bridges of Madison County, but for whatever reason, every time I went to uh, Blockbuster, I for whatever reason thought Bridges of Madison County. I can't remember the other one that that was also similar to that. But I was just like, ah, it's just the old people yeah. going in the, going in the middle of nowhere. But War of the Worlds to me. I don't know how what the consensus is about War of the Worlds, but growing up and recently haven't seen it in back when I was in film school, I adore the heck out of that movie. It, it's become underrated because so many of his movies are great. Yes. The alien design, that scene in the van, the one-take yeah. scene in the van. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good-ass movie. Anyway, heading into the second round, our first matchup is E.T. versus Schindler's List. Battle of two of Spielberg's big classics. And, um, you know, I gotta say, like, uh, even though Spielberg got his Oscar for Schindler's List and it's really uh, beloved by the critical community, I just feel like E.T. has this impact on so many kids and and in design and in, in culture that it's almost hard to d- deny it as the winner in this matchup. Ain't you Jewish? I know, man. I'm picking Schindler's. How can you pick E.T. over Schindler's list? Okay, so let's talk about this then. All right, let's talk about this. This is where we get into it. Because, like, I think Schindler's list is a really great movie and a really admirable film. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily feel like it's doing a whole lot that we haven't seen replicated by other filmmakers in other films. There's the bit with the red coat. Uh, that that ended up being f- pretty influential, and there's like a lot of, and the cinematography in general is really beautiful in the movie. I think E.T. is the formula though for basically every kid meets a weird thing movie that has come since then. It it, it set up this whole genre, and it's. Uh, I get it's, what you're saying. Yeah. To more me. Portable. To me. Uh, I don't know, man. I always quote one more. Just one more, <laughs> all the time. I would fight for Schindler's List again. I'm gonna play the bracket thing, and and, and I'll side with you, because ET is on the Amblin logo. Not recently. Yeah. For whatever reason, got taken off the most recent one. But he's <laughs> the one on the Amblin logo, right? People right. like Stranger Things. I'm gonna say it, cause they like ET. Right. I, I don't know how else to tell you. Like, seriously, watch any video talk about Easter eggs for season one of Stranger Things. It's literally, I kid you not, E.T. Oh, E.T. go over the, the trucks. Uh, uh, okay, we're not stealing. What's that? What's the beam? Uh, can I copy your homework? Sure, but don't make it seem too obvious. Right. Uh, okay, let's not hop over the truck. Let's have the truck hop over. It's crazy. I mean, like, I, maybe I'm losing some of my Jewish street cred by not going That's Schindler's fine. List, which is a really Schindler. good movie. But like, I would I, go. But I'll go with E.T. mainly because, again, I'm playing the bracket game and I know what's going to beat it later. All right. So we got The Last Crusade up against Saving Private Ryan. This one's hard for me, too. Which what? one are you going with? Bro, Saving Private Ryan. Really? Are you kidding me? I already know my final two. You do? I know my final two. I already mentioned what the other one was and I'm making it oh, wait, obvious. You know what? what I'm here. sorry. I'm thinking I'm mixing up Raiders and Last Crusade. Yeah, okay, it's not hard, for me. It, not hard for me at all. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, a thousand percent. Okay. Then we go with the Jaws, Jaws versus, versus AI Close Encounters. Let's, let's yeah, we mash good. up Close Encounters and AI, and they Both still movies, right? can't beat you, you Jaws. You got that target combo set, and you still picking Jaws. Yeah. 
it, it's just you know Jaws is so many horror movies now it, mm -hmm. it's just the I mean, it launched the blockbuster film era it, it's so it's the the music and the design and the cinematography they, there's so much about it that's the script all of it I said I'm going to the beach <laughs> I don't like the beach. All right, so I think this is an actually interesting matchup. Got Catch Me If You Can versus Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. So Raiders, uh, I mean, that's the movie that for you is a lot of people's kind of like iconic Spielberg film. You know, it's that Harrison Ford swaggering <laughs> adventure thing, mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of very iconic moments in it. I think I'd rather rewatch Catch Me If You Can. Okay. I, I would go catch me if you can, just slightly. So just would barely. I, but I okay. was willing to have you sway me, so I'm glad you don't have to. Because uh, I'm a little worried that this is just favorite. like us being younger bias coming through. No, 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 no. No, how is that a bias coming through? If anything, it would be a bias if we were raised with Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because we're me, choosing it because it's a childhood thing. True. I mean, I think for me that uh, Catch Me If You Can was kind of like an iconic Leo role and, a, and just kind of like just really cool formative film. And, and I saw it later. I saw it way after it's released at, okay. at Blockbuster, so that's why I can, I can clearly say it. Here's, here's one thing I will definitely give for Catch Me If You Can. Way better intro titles. <laughs> oh, I'll say another thing for Catch Me If You Can. Amy Adams looks hot in braces. Yeah, weird. So, <laughs> weird, <laughs> but it's true. Either way, again, playing the bracket game. Uh, I, do you just want to finish out this one, or do you want to go to the second round on the other one? Uh, we can go second round on the other one. What do you think? All right. Yeah, let's do the second round on the other one. All right. We'll do a pretty quick Jurassic Park versus The Post. Jurassic Park. Obviously. Not, yeah, Lincoln versus The Lost World? I'm saying Lincoln, but it don't matter. Again. I'm saying Lincoln as well. I mean, yeah, yeah we're not the biggest Lost the World fans. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Skull slash Empire of the Skull. somehow made it into the second round. <laughs> Minority Report. I, yeah. That's going all the way for me. Minority yeah, Minority Report, Report is a uh, underrated Spielberg gem. War of the Worlds and Temple of Doom, I think, is one of our more interesting second round matchups. Mm -hmm. uh, Temple of Doom is, I think, arguably the best Indiana Jones movie. It's got some of the most iconic moments of the franchise. I think a lot of times people talk about... Um, with, it's the two it's towers. The... It's the two towers of the group. I know maybe some people don't like two towers out of the three either, but... <laughs> putting it exactly. out there. No, yeah, but it, it kind of like has the most going for it in a way, right. whether it's it's you know short round or it's the boulder scene or whatever uh -huh. have you. I, I don't know. Um, so you'd put it over War of the Worlds? Because this is where I actually would say my bias comes into play because this was a movie I did see in theaters. This was a movie that I still love to this day. You know, And I rewatch a bunch of movies just to see that I truly love it. Is it nostalgia? Is it a bias or whatever right. it is? And then I go, oh, okay. You know, I the thing this is, this one still wins me over, man. We, Sound design, think, everything. You know what, though? Like, this is the intercut bracket, right? I think we got to go War of the Worlds. Good. Okay, I thought for a second you were gonna say Temple of Doom because yeah. I'm willing to defend War of the Worlds with one simple thing. Remember, I don't know if you heard about it. Him saying it was like the 9/11 movie. Yeah. About how it's like people invading and they were always underneath. They were in our soil the whole time, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. oh. Okay. It's a whole yeah. other interesting discussion that comes with it, in my opinion. So. Yeah. All right. So we are into the quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. It's all good movies from here. E.T. E. versus Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. Where, where are you going to go? I, I've you put know, myself out there for E.T. You know who I'm going for, man. I'm going all the way to the end. I'm, I'm going all... You said it. 
the biggest upset in Oscars history. To this day, they talk about it that way. The mm-hmm. the opening scene and the handhold and the way that they shot it, the sound design, it is it is. Band of Brothers was because of this, right? Yeah. This started so many careers for so many of the people who are in this movie. Yeah. And then Band of Brothers was and he uh, uh, executive produced it. Uh, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Band of Brothers did the same thing. Go watch Band of Brothers and go, Tom Hart? James Mack? What? All these people that came out of Band of Brothers and, and spawned all of those careers, this movie did it first. Yeah. It's the movie that keeps on giving. I All these people are in bigger and better things, and E.T., she's in Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> I, okay, that was my first That was E.T. mean. E.T. has a little mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... I will say for E.T. that, it, you know, I think it's a, I think for a certain segment of the population, it is a, a more beloved movie than yeah, no doubt. Saving Private Ryan. But I think Saving Private Ryan is a more universally respected, admired, uh, inspirational or, or deri- mm. derived from movie. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to not go Saving Private Ryan, I guess, in this matchup. Uh, we, we talked a bit about what we... Or I talked a bit about what I liked about Dunkirk in the way that it kind of shows the horror of war without showing the bloodshed. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan's kind of the opposite. It shows the horror yeah. of war by showing you the bloodshed. Bro, when that man picks up his arm, like, he ain't got no arm, he goes, this is my arm. <laughs> he picks it up. Yeah. So many people I- imitate that. And don't get me wrong, E.T. would make it all the way to, like, in somebody else's bracket, it probably would. If you really want to... You know, convince me about it, yeah. But both of these movies, it just shows, right? We're at that point in the bracket where either one can go. Yeah, literally yeah. either one can go. And Only it's good Uber. options. It shows you why he's influential. Jaws versus Catch Me If You Can. So, look, if this was like the bracket of what you want to watch right now, I might go Catch Me If You Can. I'm not gonna argue that Catch Me If You Can is the better movie. Are so, you? What are you saying? What are you saying? Are you trying to toss it at me? I mean, I look. I kind. I don't know if I'm brave enough to go catch me if you can here because I do love Jaws. Zach, this is you right now. I'm not saying I want to go out for drinks. I mean, like, I mean, like, if you I'm go available. out for drinks, I'm available. <laughs> I, yo, convince me if you want to because Jaws is so good. I, I don't know if I can do this. Catch me if you can. I think is the more enjoyable one out of the bunch. Right. I'm saying it. All I'm right. not saying is it is it better than Jaws? I cannot say that. I, I can definitely I'm not I'm this is probably one of the most difficult ones out of the bunch, mainly because Oh of yeah, this. oh yeah. But um but um that's top five. No, that's top five. Yeah. I would argue top three. All time best scores. And it's just but um but um but um Two notes. Two notes. Yeah. It ain't this whole orchestra that you need for Star Wars. It ain't. It ain't. Not even uh, 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 with uh, Raiders. Okay, let let's try this a different way. Which do you think has more iconic moments? Jaws. Yeah. It's, it is. It's Jaws. But catch me if you can. I feel like if more people had seen it, if more people ain't seen the edited version on TBS, then maybe <laughs> it would get more love. That's the thing about it. Yeah, yeah. And it really would. So I will say this. Catch Me If You Can is the one movie that I'm telling you on the camera right now. Go watch it and catch it if you can. But I'm going to go Jaws. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Like, 
if this was March Madness, I want Catch Me As You Can. Catch it's Me like As You Can. That's that my is, right. That's my Cinderella seed right there. Exactly. Like, I believe that one can make it, but but it's I don't Loyola know. and Loyola got out at this point in the bracket. Yeah, once so. it meets Michigan, man, it's over. It's over. So got eight. So, got eight up. Going with Jaws. Jurassic right. Park versus Lincoln. I think this is also a relatively easy one, although yeah. uh, Lincoln is well loved. I don't think it's nearly as mm-hmm. widely loved as Jurassic Park. Nope. Uh, and then Minority Report versus War of the Worlds. I mean, I know which way you want to go. I think. Uh, I think this is actually kind of an interesting one because this is, this is the I'll love them both. The the premier. Uh, late career Spielberg action stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is post uh, post his real world private post. Saving Private Ryan stuff. This yes. is very like the CGI, like looking to the future uh, action Spielberg. And I think he does very different but interesting things in both of these movies. Um, I think Minority Report is the more unique and compelling of the two. I, I think it does yeah. a lot that things both in movies and in the real world have lifted from. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I th- a thousand percent. I literally, I, I feel like I mentioned Minority Report every other month in one of my videos. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I feel like it's, it's just got that place in people's minds that I, I got to go Minority Report here. Mm-hmm. All right. We are into the semi-finals. Four big movies left. Saving Private Ryan versus Jaws. Jaws almost got eliminated, almost was upset. Mm-hmm. Can it pull it out versus Saving Private Ryan? I would like to remind you all that I'm very <laughs> curious to know your guys' opinions down below in the comments. Yes, I know some please of you guys let us gonna, know. Some this of you guys is our bracket. Flipping out, yes, yeah, this is our bracket. And I have nothing for nothing but respect for my Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Saving Private Ryan... Is, is one of the movies... I know it's angsty. I know for a lot of people, this is the other side of the of the, of the the coin for the uh, yeah the fight club debate, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah fight, fight club has to... It's it's so overrated at this point, and it's just a bunch of... It's the dude movie, right? Yeah. This is like Fight Club. It's a club, very dude movie. The dude movie. And a lot of people see it like that, and I, and I hate that because it very underappreciates the craft that goes into this movie, even mm-hmm. with the toned-down color correction, with the way that the story is told, all the way up to the ending. There's literally only one part in the movie that I don't like, and that's when uh, Ryan, Matt Damon, <laughs> tells his story. Yeah. That's it. It's the one part I don't like in the movie. I really do not care for that part. Everything else I would not cut out. Uh, I have one argument, I think, Go in ahead. favor of Jaws. All right. Name your second favorite shark movie. Name your second favorite Ryan movie. <laughs> As I, it, I mean, like, I, I get, I get it. Say, Saving Boy Private Ryan. Meters down? <laughs> which one would it say? The Blake Lively one? Look, like, I get it. Saving oh, Private Ryan is very, very, very good. It is also from a genre full of really intense, great movies. And, and Spielberg did something that I don't think anybody has necessarily even done since with Jaws. I don't know, man. Is this Jaws' category, or, or, or do we have to go Saving Private Ryan? Because I like Saving Private Ryan a lot, too, but I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the scratching on the chalkboard and the feeding Chum into the water, and then he shows up. There's 
all the moments. All the moments. I'll say this, I'll say this, I'll say this. I haven't seen Jaws in a bit, right? And maybe, maybe, maybe is the fact that I have two, three, and four in my mind (laughs) since I've seen that one. Right. But you make a good point. You really? (laughs) Over Ryan? If if you feel more strongly about it, I'll go Saving Private Ryan. Look, I, I feel like there's nothing to say about Saving Private Ryan not not being watched or, or whatnot. I feel like that is definitely... Um, I, I think it's interesting because the more that we age, I feel like I don't know if that's in the top of the list for people to watch. But as I was getting into movies, that was on the top of the list for people yeah. to watch. Right? I want to say it's still there. I think so, too. I want to say it's still there, but I don't know because times have changed, right? I, I, I saw all the all of these movies. I saw it because of the blockbuster era. Yeah. I went in there. He said, here's your Spielberg list. Go watch them. And I did. And that's when I saw a majority of these right there. Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, um, Saving Private Ryan, Munich, a bunch of these that were here, right? Yeah. Jaws is more iconic than Saving Private Ryan. Jaws doesn't get called the dude movie. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I will forever say Saving Private Ryan. But as the Spielberg bracket, I will say, I'll say Jaws. Because it ain't winning this next one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So as we get into it, uh, Jurassic Park versus Minority Report. Now, I think I made that. It known. I think that if this was like any other field we would know what would win this matchup. Like, if this was any other two people, Jurassic Park goes and goes ahead and takes this, but, like, this is our bracket. This is our bracket. We're in charge. We are in charge. I dig the hell out of Minority Report. I really, really like that movie. I and really I really love Minority Report. And, and, and I think that it just is so underrated. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I feel the same way about Jurassic Park uh, as... A lot of other people do. I know I could probably give that same <laughs> name your second favorite dinosaur movie <laughs> argument here, but it look it's it, I think there's a limit to what Jurassic Park does well, and I think it's a thing that a lot of other movies do well too. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of movies that do the kind of playing with your mind, playing with your idea of the future, playing with your morality, really introducing unbelievable production design and CGI Mm -hmm. the way that Minority Report did. So I'm going to go Minority Report. I'm going to bash Jurassic Park. I saw Jurassic Park 3D in IMAX when it got re-released, and it lives up to the hype and everything. Like I I still think it's a fantastic movie. Three times a year, I'm not even kidding you, because I've counted it since 2015, in 2016, and 2017, and I've already seen it multiple times I've already it already filled a quota of three times that it's been referenced mm-hmm. the water cup jiggling as something comes to attack in every movie drama comedy that is referenced even Inception in almost, Inception even takes it it's in everything I'm going to put you this ultimatum here because we're at this point where it don't really matter I am of right. that belief you can't pick one over the other the end of the day, we get to keep all these movies and watch them all the time. Mm-hmm. If we're picking Minority Report, Minority Report is winning. That is the <laughs> only way I'm picking Minority Report. Minority Report is winning. I can see Jurassic Park being the number one in the in the in the in this thing as well. Right. Seeing at the end of this, Jurassic Park as the winner of the Spielberg uh, uh, bracket, I am more than fine with. Seeing Minority Report and getting those people who have been like, 
I haven't really? seen that one yet. I haven't seen that one yet. If these boys said it's that good, then maybe we're saying something. And I, for one, am, I'm, I'm not just saying it for the fact that I want to be different. I'm saying it for the fact that I'm looking at Minority Report right there right. as I own it on DVD and Blu-ray. Right, and that comes down to, like, look, these are our opinions and taste and, and Facts. things things change. Minority Report over Jurassic Park. Let's get into these finals. Okay. Minority Report versus Jaws. Shoot. One's in the Give past. Me... <laughs> are you ready for it? You know when Minority Report came out? I'm going to switch it up real quick just to make sure. <laughs> but I want to say 2003. Something like that. 2002. This helps my point even more. Minority Report came out in 2002. Watch it right now in the year of our Lord 2018. Why does it feel like it was made in the future? It's if really I'm lying, interesting. I'm if I'm lying, I'm dying. Watch I mean, even, Jaws now. It feels even vintage. the discussions that I think we're having now when it comes to uh, law enforcement are still minority relevant Report. to the way that Minority Report is, was discussing them. I think there's a really interesting documentary I saw on HBO a year or two ago called Thought Crimes, which mm -hmm. is, is basically the Minority Report idea. Uh, except a real documentary about a dude in the NYPD. I don't know, man. Like, you know, what we're talking about here is really two big iconic moments in Spielberg's career. Mm -hmm. Jaws launching the blockbuster era. That is true. Creating really, a whole really new point. genre of, of these horror movies, of, of these creature horror movies, basically. Uh, versus Minority Report being this really forward, underrated, but really forward-looking beautifully designed film that I think, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that Jaws influ influenced more good movies, but Minority Report is more influential to movies right now. Yes. That's a very good point to make it. You brought up a great point. No one was able to take the idea of the shark and make a better movie with it. It was, however, it did, however, spawn blockbusters. And by spawning blockbusters... You have this whole new market of, of, of films, and I don't see many of them hitting as hard as the influence that Minority Report has been able to do, and I truly mean it when I say Minority Report to this day, if you were to watch it, it feels futuristic. We talk about albums. I was listening to some albums from 11, from 2011. I'm like, this sounds dated already, mm -hmm. right? We see that with music all the time, that it sounds dated of an era. Minority Report does not feel like that. The ideas do not feel like that. The visuals do not feel like that. Yeah, and that's really something special. Par particularly considering, like, I think there's CGI from the mid-2000s that looks really gross already. And yeah. That, that this is not one of those is... is Kind of a big deal. I don't know. So this is our bracket. I keep saying it again. And I think for that reason Don't alone, maybe we got to go Minority Report. It's, it's Minority Report? It lines up with our interests and values. And, it, and it's what we want people to go check out and see. Because I think that's one of his most underwatched movies. Everybody's seen Jaws. Everybody's seen Jaws. And look, yeah, if you are watching this and you haven't seen Jaws, then you're ignoring a lot of other people's recommendations as well as our own. Yeah. Other people will tell you to watch Jaws. We're telling you go check out Minority Report. Report. Because it is. this is factual. It is 100%. Trump is putting it in a decree tomorrow. <laughs> These ain't opinions. Minority Report, like The Godfather 2 over Godfather, is the greatest Spielberg movie of all time. Can you imagine if we put this out as a list? Bracket. And we put list, I'm curious. I'm curious to know. Jurassic Park could have been a winner. E.T. could have been a winner. Schindler's List is always a winner. Jaws is a winner. That's what happens when you are such an iconic director. And such yeah. an iconic director 
That's why you get chosen to make things like Ready Player One. That is literally paying homage to all of your contemporaries. Yeah, this dude's and, got like 10, 20 all-time, all-time yep. movies. So, so it's not yeah. exactly an easy uh, discussion to mm -hmm. decide on. So that's our Spielberg bracket. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. What would you have winning? What would you have beating out Minority Report? Any of the movies that we had going up against Minority Report actually better than Minority Report? And we don't know it. Uh, let us know down below. We will move on. We want to get into our next bracket. It's the A24 bracket. A24 has put out a lot of my favorite movies, art's favorite movies over the uh, past few years. It's kind of come onto the scene really hot and with a very cool indie tone, but th mm -hmm. these are really interesting movies from really interesting filmmakers. And uh, it's another one of the brackets that's kind of been making the rounds on Twitter. So we felt like we'd uh, tackle this one head first and, get a chance to talk about some of our favorite movies also from the past few years. So uh, let's start it off with the first matchup. This one should go relatively quick, I think. It's Lady Bird versus Morris in America. Or Morris from America, excuse mm -hmm. me. Have you seen Morris from America? Um, I haven't, but I've heard great things about it. It's one it's that I've been movie. meaning to catch up with. But yeah, nothing that I've heard about it suggests it's anywhere on the level of Lady Bird. I uh, haven't seen both. I can tell you it's nowhere on the level of Lady Bird, so definitely Lady Bird. Uh, the next matchup is between 20th Century Women and Swiss Army Man. Now, I think 20th Century M Women was actually kind of an overlooked movie. I think uh, there are elements to that movie that are, are kind that are really fun and well told and creative, but Swiss Army Man is like one of the most in okay, ingenious, good. <laughs> All right, good, <laughs> creative, unique comedies of the last 20 years or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, no, I, I, I love the Daniels, the directors. Uh, 20th Century Woman, it's well told, I guess. I'm not a fan of it. I can't say I'm a fan of it. You know yeah. my position on a specific dinner scene and menstruation and all that stuff. I am not a fan of it. Swiss Army Man, when I first saw it, I said, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Then I thought about it and I said, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, to this day, it's in a commercial. Yeah, the montage song. It's it's outlasting the movie. It's outlasted the movie. I don't even know what the commercial, but it's a it's a nationwide commercial. It is bigger than than you think it is. Daniels themselves. I don't know why they haven't made something in in a bit. I think they've been working on some online stuff. Yeah, working on a new project that I think Joe and Anthony Russo are also producing. Okay, should be interesting. No, definitely Swiss Army Man. It's not not just it's not. I don't think it's weird for the sake of being weird. It seems like it many times, but I think it's very authentic when you see their work. Yeah. I think I've actually did a kind of look at some of their music videos and it's interesting music videos are dope. Look, look at what they've done. Uh, yeah. They've kind of been building to Swiss Army Man in exactly. an interesting way. So they did they're, the they're really uh, creative fun filmmakers. They did the what's it called? The Turn Down for What video? Yes. Yes. And uh, one of my favorites is the the one that they did for Manchester Orchestra. I think is the, the yeah, name of the band. Yeah, yeah. I love that song and I love that music video. Yeah. So uh, and how they filmed it is really cool too. So definitely check out Swiss Army Man if you haven't. Their next matchup, I actually think this is an interesting discussion. It comes at night versus Obvious Child. Uh, these are two movies that I would say are not loved by many, mm -hmm. but have their fair share of fans, like people who genuinely like yeah. both movies and think both movies are doing interesting things. 
One of our first intercut videos was actually us discussing It Comes at Night and uh, the ways that we thought the movie exceeded its marketing and kind of was done wrong by its marketing. I'm someone who actually likes Obvious Child a lot, uh, thinking that, you know, it's really an interesting take on something that is a common social taboo and, yeah. you know, really <laughs> looks at it in a genuine way. So I'm a little bit divided here, but I feel like I might go Obvious Child. What about you? Listen, I don't adore any of these movies i do think they both suffer from that it comes at night with the trailer in the way that it was marketed and that's why so many people don't like it obvious child with the obvious issue <laughs> that a lot of people just they don't want to deal with it at all i think they both tackle it they both tackle it well uh again playing the bracket game i'm okay with you choosing whichever i personally would pick it comes at night mm-hmm. and i personally uh and very curious to see. I don't know if it ended up in the in the cut, but that deleted scene from the trailer that they show a bit with the house on fire, the one that Joel Edgerton says is is his best performance ever given in that scene, and then it got cut out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see that, and even more so, I'm more curious to see the follow up from that director than the, from the director of Obvious Child. Um, I don't know if they did a landline, but yeah. I did pref- I did prefer landline, and I know that it has Jenny Slate in it. I don't know if it's the same director though. Same director. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, well then I'm Gillian still more interested. Here. I'm still more interested. In it comes at night's director. Yeah, <laughs> I, wanna... I mean maybe maybe that's worth noting that I, I think there's a lot. More, I'm much more interested in his career. Uh, what's his name? It's not John David Mitchell, is it? Um, that's no, that's about... that's the guy from It Follows. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but for whatever it's worth, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it comes at night is a really interesting movie. One that I've probably thought of more since I yeah, saw it than there's since. A... Obvious Child, even though I maybe liked like Obvious yeah, Child there's a little a, bit more. There's a lot to chew on it, but I would say if you did like Obvious Child, which you know it'll win it for, for this one, but uh, I would definitely check out Landline. Nice. Okay, so let's give that one to Obvious Child. Trey Edward Schultz, by the way. There we the go. That's the, the man. That's the boy. It comes at night, director. Deep voice. We move on to a really good matchup between Amy and Good Time. Amy is the... Oscar-winning, I believe, documentary, documentary about the late Amy Winehouse. It, it at least was nominated, right? Yeah, I know it was nominated. I'm pretty sure it was nominated. I don't know about it winning. But it's interesting that A24 is even delving into uh, documentaries, too, which I think is really cool. And this was, It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this comes from the same guy who directed, uh, what, what was the Brazilian race car driver movie? Jeez. Uh, Asif Kapadia is the guy who directed it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, the, the man, yeah. No, it's there. He, he directed oh, he did Senna. Have it. Which so is you really doubted good, yourself. You I doubted yourself and you should have... <laughs> I gotta go with my heart. Yeah, he directed Senna. Um, but even though Amy is a really well-liked or loved, I guess, by some documentary, I mean, I gotta go with Good Time, not just because it's recent. I'm on Good Time, too. I no. really, really enjoyed that movie. It, it's one of Robert Pattinson's best performances, and... It's got a really cool look to it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. big in the tank for that movie. Uh, the worst part about Good Time is how many people hyped it up. Which yes. which it needs to be because then people wouldn't have seen it, right? People right. aren't going to give it a chance unless it's hyped up. The part about it is that if, if it gets too hyped up and especially when you when you let the hype build because you're waiting on the movie to come out <laughs> yeah. on DVD, it ends up ruining it for you. Which is why I always say watch the movies as fast as uh, as soon as you can, especially if you're a film lover and you want it to be untainted at all. Because I remember going into it with so much hype and I was like, did it live up to it? And then yeah. I slept on it and I was like, nah, that is a good movie. 
Yeah, that is I a good movie. That, that's like the Lady Bird conundrum, right? You know, Lady yes. Bird's kind of a small story, so and everybody's like hype that, yeah. hyping it up for Oscars and stuff. And it's still, it's a great, great movie. It's just not like a huge story or anything. It exactly. That's what makes it so good. Yes. And then it, yeah, it gets overshadowed because of a good time, definitely. Another interesting matchup: Ex Machina versus Slow West. I'm not wasting my time with this one. <laughs> Let's move going on. Going straight I, to Ex Machina. I am not a fan of Slow West in any. I love how it looks. Yeah. I love how it looks. Slow. Ex Machina all the way. All right. Uh, unless you have a rebuttal. <laughs> no, I, I don't have one. I'm uh, a huge good. Ex Machina fan. I think it's a much better movie. A uh, most violent year versus a killing of a sacred deer. Uh, you know I love my my, my boy Yorgos. I know you he, do. He's a really really interesting dude. But man, a most violent year. It might be J C Sanders' best movie. It's got a great Oscar it is performance. His best a great great Jessica, Jessica Chastain performance. performance. I, I before that movie Molly's super game. slept on. I, it's like. I feel like it's a modern day Godfather or something. I mean, maybe that's oh, too I ain't much. Going, but... I ain't going that far, but I get what you're saying. I follow yeah. your sentiments. In terms of mobster movies, yeah, that is yeah, one of the yeah. ones definitely up there, while other ones like uh, Black Mass and, I don't know, any other mobster movies. We haven't gotten a good mobster movie in a while. This yeah, would have been one of the, the most recent ones. To it. That's the closest one that we've gotten. So, so yeah, I, I like that. that one a lot. I'm going with the most violent year also. Yeah. So here's where we uh, got here's our for my boy. Here's where we got here it a, little, a little bit, yeah. This is uh, the one the I'll agree with. The Lobster vs. Green Room. Now, I'm a little bit disappointed that I'm not going to be able to uh, show a little more love to Green Room, a really fun, you know, action-heavy Jeremy Saulnier movie where a band gets trapped in a punk neo-Nazi club and has to fight their way out. I it's mean, that's dope. a really fun movie to watch with a bunch of friends and a bunch of beers. I would suggest watching that if you haven't, but man, the lobster's so good. It is, but oh. so is Green Room. Oh, interesting. Green Room is pretty dope. The whole A aesthetic of Green Room has got Aaliyah Shawkat in it. They get the, the one scene with the hand, uh, evil Charles Xavier. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the last really great Anton Yelchin performances too. Exactly, and uh, the whole the whole shootout when the shootouts happen, I don't wear red laces. I avoid those any way I can. Anytime I see black boots outside, I walk the other way. And the ending, at first I was like, really, that's the ending. And I thought, and I'm like, oh, that's actually the the abruptness of it mm-hmm. is is beautiful. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is Ramona Flowers in this movie? Isn't she in the beginning? I think she's in the beginning for a little bit. If I'm if I'm mistaken, I'm mistaken. But I think she's the girl who starts the incident. Maybe, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm be, wrong. Yeah, I don't know if I'm 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 not so sure about that. Maybe yeah, I'm not so sure. So, Maybe but, I'm just thinking about her. But yeah. So look, I, the lobster though. Let's talk about this because I know I, you know the lobster got an Academy Award nomination best screenplay. People were talking about it as this you know like really inventive comedy, one of the most inventive looks at relationships in, in a while. I, I don't know, man. It's kind of, I think it's hitting on more levels than Green Room's hitting on for me. See, for me, it goes, it, for, for your goes, it goes Dogtooth. Yeah. Dogtooth second watch. <laughs> the Dogtooth discussions. Then the lobster... A killing ain't on there. <laughs> yeah, killing I was there. waiting. No. Uh, so, 
Give me one more. Give me one more. Give me one more thing about why the lobster. Convince the people and I to be on your side. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on for it. I like the lobster. I remember right, watching the lobster right. getting, getting sucked into it. That is where Yorgo's, uh, if you don't know his style, it works great. Both of his, his like the, the first two big features, it works great. It does yeah. not work for me in Killing of a Sacred Deer. but Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that I agree with that. It's not as on point in Killing of a Sacred Deer. I feel like the lobster... You know, the first half of that movie has some of the darkest, funniest moments uh, mm-hmm. of like any comedy in the last few years. I think that the way that it actually reflects on society and is a social satire is the kind of look at relationships that hasn't really been done. And I don't know if I feel as much resonance from Green Room. It's, it's a fun time, but Lobster's kind of fun too. I don't John know. Jesse Riley's I, in it, right? In what? Isn't John C. Riley in it? John C. Riley, Colin Farrell, Rachel Weisz, uh, Ben Whishaw. Who who's the one who bleeds? Ben Whishaw. Okay. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> and lesser known, the girl from the end of the effing world is the girl that Ben Whishaw ends up with. Ain't that illegal? Holy <laughs> she, shit. She's much older than she looks. She's like 27. Oh. Ain't that still illegal for end of the effing world then? <laughs> All right, I'll go to the lobster. I'll go. To the lobster. We can go green room, man. I like green room a lot too. Hey, hey, you know what? It's about relationships. I'll, I'll give you this one. I'll <laughs> leave right, the cool. neo Nazis. I feel I like I feel like you've given me a lot, but I don't know, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go with fine. the lobster. But I swear, if we argue on this next one, I ain't giving it to you. All right, so room versus American Honey. We got Brie Larson versus Sasha Lane and Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going American Honey. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry, I just wanted to see your face. I, I'm going the room. I'm going room, not the Good. room. Not the room, because that would have been <laughs> the bracket. That's a whole over. other discussion. Yo, okay, uh, like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's I good. Don't, it's great. I, I don't I think love it's... Room, but I think it's a better movie than American Honey. Really, you don't love Room? No, I mean, I think I think it. I think Brie Larson. And the other performances are really excellent, and that's most of that's what... That's Sir Jacob Tremblay to you, okay? <laughs> and that's most of what works for me. I think there's some interesting things in it, but it... I don't know. I wanted a little bit more from it. I think the worst part of the movie is the trailer. And what ruined it for me, I wasn't even watching it. I was walking by... Uh, it was the cinema... You know, like, when you're in the theater and they play the trailers outside? It yeah. ruined it for me. And I was like, wow, I did not need to know outside of the title. You right. know what I mean? It would have been a lot more impacting to not know what yeah, happens over a third way. Spe- exactly. But when they do get to that point and more characters are introduced, I like that dynamic between the mom and her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. And it's very subtle because they never get into the idea of like, well, I feel like this and I feel like that. It's You're seeing the reactions of how one of them now wants to be way overprotective because they're trying to make up for lost time. Right. And the other one's also trying to make up for lost time. But they also have literally, <laughs> uh, what eight nine year old, yeah, who who they who they're trying to take care of. Um, American. Let's talk about American Honey because I, I think you might like it a bit more than I do. Yes. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it because mm-hmm. I feel a lot of scenes can be cut. I get the idea of the of the of the of the, of the natural feel to it that it feels so yeah. authentic, so real, and I do. Uh, what, what's what's the actress's name? Sasha Lane. She has a future. Oh yeah. She, I mean, uh, in, uh, we've um, both seen Cameron Post now, and she's great in that too. Post, Cameron Post, Cameron. Oh, you saw you saw Cameron Post? Have we not talked about this? No. When did you see it? 
Okay, well, that's a discussion for another time. Okay, yeah, that's a discussion for another time. But yeah, I was like, I've seen the message. Oh yeah, that's the that's the ending of the title. <laughs> the miseducation of Cameron Poe. That's how long it is. Uh, yes. So we're on the same page. Yeah, one thousand percent. She's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's and a she's lot great of in what this movie. works about American Honey is it's got that charisma and that energy. Like I like right? hanging out with those characters. Cool. But it oh, I don't, is a but... fairly listless, plotless movie. Which is uh, and fine. I like I like movies like that. I think the room does more. Thank you. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll say nothing more. Uh, Moonlight versus Krisha. Uh, look, I, I like Krisha a lot. You want to you want to go and uh, talk about why Krisha is great before we just go ahead and give this to Moonlight? Krisha is fantastic because like we were just saying, we're saying that we always want to see the next of the director. The guy who made Krisha made It Comes at Night. Right. And that's why I'm curious to see where he goes on his next one because he literally elevates to elevates it. If you're a filmmaker, this is especially keen for you. This man spent like, what was it? Way less than a hundred grand. Maybe oh, yeah. fifty. It could have been even ten for all I know. I yeah. remember just Cast listening his to his own interviews aunt on as it. the lead of the film. That's his yeah, that's his aunt in the lead of the film. I believe he was the cinematographer the thing for, for yeah. the whole thing itself. It all takes place in, in, in one room. And then still the intricacies that he put within the movie itself. Mm-hmm. The way that he framed it and he says he's like i wanted you to feel something without realizing that you were there without cutting to it so you don't even realize it like i'm that guy when i'm watching a movie i'm like are we zooming in a bit so i start looking at the corners to see if yeah yeah yeah. cropped this movie does it to the point where you go when the heck did we get so close to these characters Mm -hmm. and it feels like a horror film without it being a horror film there's a a lot of really cool filmmaker tricks in that so i think a few few episodes ago we got a question what are some good movies to watch if you want to learn more about film Krisha is a, a great one because it does a lot with very mm-hmm. little. Exactly. Um, but very Moonlight little. is Moonlight and it's going to win this matchup. Uh, yeah, Moonlight's going to go a long way. Y'all, y'all know Moonlight. <laughs> y'all uh, the next matchup is The Spectacular Now versus Under the Skin. <sighs> oh, we get in there. Oh, we get in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this is an interesting matchup. I kind of... I, if I didn't like The Spectacular Now so much, I'd fight a lot harder for Under the Skin. So you're not fighting for Under the Skin. You want to fight for Under the Skin? Absolutely not. I have a lot of problems with Under the Skin. Okay. I will say this. The more that I watch Under the Skin, the more that I like it. The more yeah. that I'm like, oh, that is very interesting. And then the more that I end up watching other movies and I go, oh, okay, who cares? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I mean, trying to think of recently. I saw an alien movie and I was, oh, oh, yeah, the little thing called Annihilation. <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. Ending of Annihilation, beginning of Under the Skin. Annihilation did it better. Yeah. I mean, like, look. I think there's a lot of really interesting things going on in Under the Skin, and it's got definitely. Not, it's got maybe the best score of any any the score twi- is the best part. movie, and well, the cinematography is also like one of the best. Uh, yes, you know, in the room, the, the visuals of it are are so uh, compelling and unique. It, there's a it reason is, why other movies have. It's better than the spectacular now. It really is better than the spectacular now. Let's not lie. It is better than the spectacular now. My only issue with it is the idea. Of, I'm I'm not a big fan of the naturalistic route that they went, where you can't even hear what's going on, right? When you have all this, uh, all all this really great filmmaking and the visuals and the cinematography to it, and then you literally start using a GoPro, the frame rate is less in order to be able to catch these authentic things, and then half yeah. of them you couldn't use because for whatever reason you just wanted to swindle real people. I did not get the point of that. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I don't like the fact that uh, the director himself, this ain't to bash the guy, but it's to bash the guy. I remember because I was there for a Q&A for it, and I know some people really like this. I am not a fan of it. I'm okay with ambiguity, but I need the director to know what he's being ambiguous about. Yeah. 
And yeah. he was like, oh, I need... One thing is him saying, I'm not going to tell you. Another thing I'm saying, I ain't even noticed that. So, uh, let's talk about Spectacular Now for a quick second, though. Are, are you not, Are you a fan of it, though? Because I actually think Spectacular Now is a really solid movie. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I love the Spectacular. It was the first time that, uh, what's his name, your boy Andrew Neiman. I was like, yeah, this guy, he yeah, can Miles actually Teller. be likable. Yeah, because I always saw him as the jerk. Yeah. And for Shane Lee Woodley, that's my favorite Shane Lee Woodley performance, and mm-hmm. I just love the whole idea of it. I remember, I remember this was one of the first movies I was going like, I want to go to Sundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I'm not going to spoil the twist for people who haven't seen it, but there's a twist in that movie that is really effective in a way that uh, I did not see coming and mm-hmm. is worth noting. So under we're giving skin. it spectacular now or Under the Skin? Uh, I, I'm, I'm saying it right now. Under the Skin is the better movie. Yeah. But I tell, I've told you my problem, and I think they're very fair problems that I have with it. It is one yeah. of the best, probably the best score out of all of these, but I'm playing the game again that it don't matter for the next bracket. So you can give it to whichever you want, my man. Yeah, I'll give it to Spectacular Now, if only uh, because it's the less confounding I enjoy it more. movie. Yeah. I would recommend Spectacular Now to more people. That's, one, that's 100% true. If you want to see Under the Skin, I say go see Annihilation. Uh, the Bling Ring versus Enemy. Don't think we're going to take long before we give this one to our boy, Villeneuve. Yeah, and the bracket right there. <laughs> uh, the Disaster Artist versus the End of the Tour. Oh, we're about to get in a fight. Please don't tell me we're about to get in a fight because I know you like the End of the Tour. I do like the End of the Tour, but I, I don't know if I like it more than the Disaster Artist. Um, well, since you're vulnerable right now, let me help you out, I. <laughs> yeah. The Disaster Artist yeah. takes the worst movie ever made and tried to make it the best movie ever made, mm-hmm. right? Literally, it got stopped at a certain point. Even though I didn't agree with it, it got stopped because of other reasons that it couldn't make it all the way to the Oscars. But in and of itself, how many times have you seen The Disaster Artist? I mean, only once, but I want to see oh, it more. Oh, dang it, what the heck? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you no, want I, to see it more, right? That's, yeah, that's a good, fair point, because I haven't seen the end of the tour since I saw it that one time, and even though I liked it a lot, I don't know if I'm eager you don't to necessarily see, see it, again. it again. It's also an interesting point you made about taking the worst movie and turning it into something great, because... Uh, David Foster Wallace, to a lot of people, is one of the best essayists. And yep. it, I don't know if the at the end of the tour is as good as his Infinite writing. Just and yeah, it's not. That's a really great point to put in it. One thousand percent. But the disaster artist is even more than that. I will agree that for a lot of people, the ending is very like, oh, it's way too happy. They Steve Jobs it. You yeah, know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They Steve Jobs the ending, but it works. Because the whole point that I've always seen with the room is the fact that if this guy was able to make it and embrace the fact that it maybe wasn't the movie that he wanted it to be. But still is able to go around and show his movie. How many movies you shown in the theater? Not as many as Tommy Wiseau. Not as many as Tommy Wiseau, right? And this movie talks about that, that as long as you're making a movie with your friend and it makes it up on screen, mm-hmm. then, then there's something there. But it's not just saying that what he did was right. It also tells you work with other people yeah. or else, you know, you get something like, like The there, Room. It's a really good movie. I, it's... It, just, uh, just independent just, of all the other things around it. It's really enjoyable and there's a lot of interesting things about it. Did you see the after credits? After credits? There's an after credits to the disaster art. It has a little oh, tidbit man. for all of you who didn't know that. So that's another reason to see it again. And it is hilarious. Nice. Okay, next matchup. The Vich versus Mississippi Grind. Um, I don't... Stop. Ben Mendelsohn in Mississippi Grind? Did you ever see it? Yeah, man. And what'd you think? I mean... I thought the acting was good, but I don't remember Stop much else. Stop tiptoeing around it. I go for remember. the witch. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. The Florida Project, 
versus Locke. Now, I think a lot of people out there really ride for the for Locke. I think you ride right? for Locke a bit, no. right? No. No? I, I enjoyed the movie, but then people wrote it. The, the, Locke is always the, literally, I'm not even kidding with you, Locke is always the example I use when we start talking about the, this is the movie that you'll see at the end of the year, and then you get to the end of the year, right? Like, you heard that person say it in March, and you just patiently wait. You yeah, just no stop, one's saying it. And then you see at the end, I'm, and you're I'm like, here, I'm right, listening for yeah, it. I'm listening for it, but you're specifically bookmarked that one person going, but where Locke, though? Right? That's what I see. That that I call that the lock effect. I see that with so many people nowadays where they talk about, oh, this is the movie and it's going, it's going to give you. And it's not bad to say that, right? I'm sure some people will have Black, Pan- Black Panther. I know many people had Get Out. But a lot of people, when it came to lock, were like, this is so innovative. This is going to let. And then mm-hmm. it happened. It's like, no. And look, like, a lock is a solid movie. It I is. think it's a really interesting experiment. And I think it's a great play. Ex- you know, challenge in how, like, you know, limiting but using the film form in a different way. I don't think it hands, ha, holds a candle to the Florida Project. I thought the Florida Absolutely Project was great. Absolutely not. The Florida Project makes me want to go to the slums of Florida. I ain't going into my car. I don't get excited. Oh, man, I look like Locke. Let me tell you something about Locke since we're, we're canceling it here. Um, you're right. Uh, you can see it as a very good use of filmmaking with simplicity. I don't. I see it as uh, the behind the scenes. I see it as a very good way of making use of what you got very limited amount of time because right. Tom Hardy was blowing up at this point. Yep. I don't know if and, you know the story. Have we talked about the story? I mean, we've. I think we might have talked about something. That he that that, that that the guy came in to cash the favor that Tom Hardy owned him from back in the day. He I was mean, like, not- hey. You blowing up right now? Let me let me let me catch in on this favor. Tom Hardy said, "I but I'm a little sick," and his agent said, "You're only gonna you're only gonna get him for like two days," and he's sick. So literally, they had to include a certain point. The medication he's taking, the the Benadryl, whatever it was, was his literal medication. Yeah, his, his character is sick because Tom Hardy was sick. He was sick. He's driving uh, that specific BMW because BMW gave them that car for the movie. It, it's so, an interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, I ain't, I'm rooting for it as a movie though. That goes yeah. to the Florida Project. While We're Young versus Free Fire, I think this is an easy one. I'm going While We're Young. I, I'm a person who rides for While You're we're Young harder like than most yeah. people, mm-hmm. but I don't think it. I don't think there's anybody that's going to really say Free Fire is like that much competition. Free Fire came out last year? Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Free Fire the week afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are in the same boat with you in that one. So I'm going mm-hmm. while we're young. While we're young. Uh, Spring Breakers versus a ghost story. I'm kind of curious to know where you go with this one because I know which way I'm leaning. I don't know if I didn't tell you. Mm, all right, let me start with a ghost story. I, I saw a ghost story at Sundance, and I, I truly feel a ghost story is one of those where people come out being more pretentious than they really think they are with the movie and right. i think other people overly hate it and don't give it the, the time of day i'm not a big fan of the pie scene i get the intimacy of it it's like watching somebody else but there's certain feelings that you can only get in real life right because mm-hmm. we know she's acting so we just see her acting the idea of intruding on someone would have to be a documentary right you get what i mean do you get what I mean? that's my issue with oh, yeah. the pie scene because i get what he was going for but you do you that for a real person right yeah not an actress mm-hmm. um but it was cool she ate the whole pie um I love the score in it. I love. I really love the, uh, the 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 main track that was in the movie, that I believe what's his name is supposed to be singing. I love that what's his name is covered up, especially when you consider the scandals and everything he was in after winning an award, uh, Casey Affleck. And I think one of the worst parts of the movie. It ain't the Kesha cameo. It's the guy who just tells you everything that happens in the movie. Right. 
Spring Breakers, on the other hand, I'm not going to say I loved when I first saw it. I'm not going to say my girlfriend loved watching it with me when I first saw it. But there is a specific house scene. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That is all in one take. It's so ballsy. I'm not a fan of Harmony Corinne. I really yeah. am not. But there are moments where I still to this day find myself going, Spring Break. <laughs> Look, that's the thing. Look, I'm also not a fan of Harmony Corinne. I think he's a little bit of like an American Lars von Trier in a way, in that he just like makes Ooh. these these really like shocking, vulgar movies for the sake of it, kind of for the sake of it, but as opposed to the Daniels like we were just talking about. Yes, but a lot of it is really memorable and kind of feels, you know, reflective of society in a way. It does. Uh, I and think he says he puts it in your face. I think if you watch Spring Breakers and view it as like the different types of girl that one you know modern girl would want to be rather than these four different personalities it takes on a new real interesting layer i think there's a lot of for spring breakers aren't you i think i have to man i kind of think i have to you know i think you can show me more i think there's more interesting frames in spring breakers it's the the look of the movie has not really been mashed. And I know Ghost Story has its own look too. It does. It's cool. very cool, the whole ghostly Polaroid type thing to it. But the way that Spring Breakers is is both like satirizing and glamorizing this whole Spring oh, I agree Break with you. culture. I agree with you. I think that's something that more people can relate to or at least like relate to seeing. And and man, like just stuff like Spring... like. James Franco's character is more popular than the movie. And the movie was fairly yeah. popular. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's just like, it's rare to see that kind of transcendence from an indie movie. Not to mention, this is the movie that got A24 started. Are you serious? I think this is A24's first release. What the heck? Why? <laughs> That's a way to start. That's a first impression. Look, I, yeah. I don't mind it. I'm, I'd go with Spring Breakers. That's fine for me. Again, playing the bracket game, but also the... I, I think a ghost story is the better movie. And I love the idea that the ghost story was more of a throwaway for it. It was like a... Re- I, I like this yeah. is that movie that we always talk about the in-between movies from the big blockbuster directors. Exactly. Where they, when they want to go take a break, Booker Henry was one <laughs> uh, that... I, I always forget the one from Avengers. What's his name? Josh oh, Whedon uh, yeah, was... That... Much Ado About Nothing? Or? Yeah, who cares about... Yeah, this one at least was a lot more... Style. You get what I mean? Like, this one at yes. least felt more authentic to him. But Spring Breakers, to me, uh, I'm okay with it going here. But if this was a Kanye bracket, Spring Breakers would be the bound two of the bracket. So I'm going to give it to you this one time, all right? I'm going to let you finish it on this one. But no mas. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll get back to it. We'll get back right. to it. Round two. Uh, Lady Bird versus Swiss Army Man. So... I'm going to go ahead and say something a little controversial. I think Swiss Army Man is a more interesting movie. Um, I think there's a lot of really interesting things going on in that movie related to obsession and suicide and depression. And I think that the filmmaking is inventive in a way that we're not yet giving it credit for, but we might after the Daniels make a few more films. Look, I love Lady Bird. I'm going to watch that movie a bunch more, but... My vote is narrowly to Swiss Army Man. If I'm chilling with the boys, I'm putting on Swiss Army Man. Yeah. 
If I'm going out in public and I have to turn in a resume and he asks, what's your favorite movie? I can't put Swiss Army Man. You know what I mean? I know, I And this know. isn't to say Lady Bird's a safe choice. I really do like Lady Bird. I really do mm-hmm. love... I love Lady Bird, actually. It was, in my, it was in my top of the year. I did not expect to like it that much. I love the whole story of it being for, uh, a mother-daughter perspective. I'm gonna go with you as well, man. I I did want to see Lady Bird go a little bit farther. I did, but I'm not. I would be lying. This is why we should host a podcast. We should host a podcast, man. There's just something about the energy. You know, like they say, you can't visually show energy. This is energy. Yeah. There's energy in this movie. I know it's not for everyone, but you cannot deny the energy, and you cannot deny that you ain't humming that song, and that's why it's in the trailer. I do like Lady Bird, though. Yeah, yeah, it it is painful to see Lady Bird go. I think that's maybe uh, the big upset that we're going to have in this whole thing. Got beat by a fart. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the Farting Corpse movie. I cannot believe that I like the Farting Corpse movie more than Lady Bird, but I really do. Toot its way to the top. I... (laughs) Uh, Obvious Child versus Good Time. We kind of just narrowly gave this one to Obvious Child, I think. Right, so, so it has to go to the one that... Yeah, I mean, I do right. think Good Time was more exciting. I think it ha- I had it in my at my seventh slot in the top ten last year. I know you didn't have it that high for you, no. but uh, it, it's a really solid movie, and I think I'm more interested in rewatching it than I am Obvious Child. But like we said, uh, I want to see what Good Time the the, the Softy Brothers have next. Yes. I love the way that they incorporate themselves into a movie like that. They, this is some this is some like. Forget Tarantino, forget Shyamalan. The way these guys incorporate themselves to the movie, I'm like... It's the next level. Is that the director of this movie? Acting a fool in... Oh, it's the next level. And they they almost steal their own movie. That's some yeah. incredible stuff right there. They almost steal their own movie. They have a Taika Watiti presence when they come into their own movies. Yes. Um, very excited to see what they have next. And just a performance from Robert Pattinson alone. Uh, Maybe one of the best in this whole bracket. So, uh, moving on, Ex Machina versus A Most Violent Year. Now, uh, I, I said I really love A Most Violent Year. I, I think it's a very underrated movie. I think there's something crisp and really cur- clean and nice about Ex Machina, and, and it just it's a great little sci-fi package. I don't know. I think I, I think I narrowly go Ex Machina here, but I'm definitely swayable if you feel strongly. I would go A Most Violent Year. Just a okay. little bit. I would go I'll go a most violent year, mainly for the rewatch. I think, and hear me out on this, Ex Machina is very good, and I do need to see it once more now that time has passed and I haven't seen it since, what was it, 14, 15? Yeah. Um, a lot of what builds up Ex Machina is whether he is or isn't. Right. And a, a robot or whatnot. Once you know he's not and you rewatch it again, you're waiting for those scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not to say they're not powerful, right? I'm not going to say that some of these other movies don't have that either. No, but... totally, totally. It, it's the thing with thrillers is that sometimes you're no longer on the edge of your seat when you Exa- know where it's going to go. Right. That's the thing with a thriller. With a joke, you want to hear it again. With a thriller, it's I'm not saying that it's not... You're still not looking at it and going like, oh, the way this is shot, the way that he's actually doing that on the screen. And yeah. even, you know, the... the, the uh, the metaphor of what it has to do instill the realizations of what he's going through and all that. But I think that that, that takes a little bit off of it. I also, uh, I'm also one of the ones that feels this. I think Ex Machina is a prequel to the real story. I've always felt that. I feel like Ex Machina is the prequel to the real story, right? Which the real in a story way is, is kind of what makes it. It's interesting. really cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. Um, 
I am also not a fan of the dancing. Not, I'm not saying it's bad. So I can't say... I'm not, it's not that I'm not a fan you of the You don't want to tear up the fucking dance floor, man? No, I'm, I'm sick and tired of getting this gift sent to me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's Oscar Isaac. I love him more than the, but the next time. But, I, but if I tell you you want to go party or whatever, I don't want to see a gift of Oscar Isaac. I want to know where we going. I would say a most violent year, but for a little bit, but man, be- I, I'm gonna go with you. I mean, I love a most violent year. I think there's a lot of stuff that's really clever and and underrated about that movie, and the way that it talks about paranoia and and just fear is mm-hmm. really interesting. And it doesn't do it in a way that beats you over the head. Mm-hmm. I like JC. Ch- I think every JC Chandler movie is underrated, but this one in particular. So I'm happy. Uh, this is most violent most- year. I know a lot of people like Ex Machina, though. Like, some people, that's their winner, Ex Machina. Yeah. And I'd just like to inform you that it ain't for this one. <laughs> the Lobster and Room. Keep trying to say The Room. Uh, I mean, I know which way I'm going, but... Lobster. Yeah? You're going to go Lobster as well? It's more inventive, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use the same logic that I used for the other one. Yeah, it, it's just by far a more unique movie. Even I though pick Room up new great, things. Sorry? I pick up new things every time I oh, watch yeah. Lobster. Exactly. Yeah, I think you kind of can get most of what you need from one watch of the room, and mm-hmm. there's a lot in the Lobster, so I'm happy to go with Lobster. Moonlight versus The Spectacular Now. We talked about why we like The Spectacular Now, but uh, I don't know. You want me to pick? Didn't, went, go ahead. Uh, I would put The Spectacular... Oh, wait, no, it's Moonlight! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> It's Moonlight, dude. It's Moonlight. I have yeah. seen, I I've seen, it, I saw Moonlight a ridiculous amount of times in one week because mm-hmm. I was taking film classes and they decided to show it <laughs> in both of the classes yeah. after I had seen it, after I had shown it to my girlfriend, after I had made a video on it, and I was just like, I had seen so much Moonlight. I was like, I've seen this so many times, and then like time had passed and it was on. I was like, you know, at the beginning, every is a star. Yeah, I was like, man. Yeah, there's something about this movie and the way that it's shot. It is a fantastic movie. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah, I, I, I get excited every time I see someone from the cast in another thing. Same, same. I mean, there's a way that that movie is able to give you these glimpses into a life that doesn't feel overbearing, but feels like really authentic to this tough experience. And mm-hmm. it's just... It feels true, emotional, and, and beautiful in every turn. So yeah. it's not losing yet. That chair scene. <laughs> oh, man, that chair scene. Enemy versus the disaster artist. I think this is a tough one. That's not for me. No? Mm-mm. Are you going enemy? Bro, I already spoiled this bracket. Look, the disaster artist is the one I watch my boys. <laughs> enemy is... You know you have those few moments where it's transcendent? Mm-hmm. That was the last time I had it. Yeah, I mean... That was the last time I had it. Watching Enemy made me want to see everything that v- Denis Villeneuve has done. Watching Enemy made me apologize to every woman I've ever dealt with in my life. <laughs> it's an effective film. Enemy is that movie that while you're watching it, you don't know why it makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I don't know what they're doing, but it's working. Because yeah. some people don't get it when they watch it, but they feel something. There's no doubt about that. And uh, going back to the end of the skin saw, because I believe they came out probably the same year. Yeah. This is the exactly what I mean, going back to my point. I'm okay with you being ambiguous, but I need the director to know what they're talking about. And I feel Under the Skin doesn't do that. Enemy, 
overdoes it. You want to know how much they overdo it? You know how much they overdo it. The whole spider thing? What What, what do you make them do? What did he make them do? They signed a contract. The actor signed a contract to never reveal what the spiders actually mean. <laughs> it's my personal favorite, personal favorite Denny Villeneuve movie and one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Uh, Enemy is definitely one that needs to be caught up with if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but Disaster Artist is so good though too. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Another one that wrong. we're sorry to see go. Wait, are you agreeing with me? If you don't, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. And look, I, I don't. I'm not as big I know of I'm an on a Enemy bias, fan. But... I, I know there's a lot of people that like love Enemy. I don't yeah. love it to that same level. Uh, I will say though, as soon as I watched it on DVD the first time that I watched it. As soon as it ended, I started it again and watched it. So, Bro, I, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it afterwards. We'll come redo this bracket 2.0. <laughs> but, oh, man, there's just something about Enemy. It's something yeah. about Enemy. The Witch and the Florida Project. Uh, this one is kind of easy for me. I, I Go ahead. think The Witch is cool, but it's not as not nearly as meaningful or beautiful to me as Sean Baker's Florida Project. So That's fair. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I'll go with that as well. I, I've always I do think The Witch is, is a good movie. I'm very yeah. curious to see what uh, Robert Eggers, I believe, is his name. Very yes, curious to see what David. he does next. David Egg- David Eggers? Maybe that's an author. I don't know. I know his last <laughs> yeah. name is Eggers. So Mr. Eggers, when he comes up with his next thing, I know they said he's going to work on Nosferatu. I just love his style. One one of my favorite oh, yeah. things about The Witch is, is these two things is how he shot with the trees. The specific ratio that he had for the trees. Um, and the second one was this interview where he said. Where someone asked, you know, they always ask you, excuse me, what first time advice would you give a first time director who's working on the future film? And he answered in the most gangster way possible. He says, I don't think I'm the person you should ask and you should just go out and do it. They said, well, why do you think that? He said, well, there's the three things that they tell you to never do in film school, especially as a first time director. Do you know what those three things are? Don't ever oh, work with children. Don't ever film near water and don't ever work with animals. That is what the witch is. That is dope. Yeah, he's he's a badass, and that movie is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to give the edge to the Florida Project. It's I'm giving it to a, the Florida Project. Such yeah. a humanistic, empathetic movie. I, I didn't mention it, but I actually rewatched that on my uh, flight as well. And oh, you're getting another, your forty-hour flight, yeah. Yeah, and just getting another look at that purple hotel and mm-hmm. and the way that. So much chaos exists around the movie, but Mooney's view is so much like through it and not focusing on it. I just think it's, it's so dope. so artfully done. It really is. It's a nice movie. While we're young versus Spring Breakers. So this I is you. This is you. Go ahead. You <laughs> have your fun, man. And look, I mean, th- these are my picks, and I know you had your thing with Spring Breakers shouldn't go any further. I think it should go over while, while we're, young. we're young. Yeah. I kind of think so. I kind of think Over Mrs. More... Watts. I know, I know. I love my girl Naomi. You know I love Naomi. Over Kylo Driver and his hipsterness? I, I know plagiarizing documentary filmmaker Adam Driver is a great Noah Baumbach creation. I, I love seeing Ben Stiller in a more serious performance. Man, sprang break though. It's sprang break! James Franco in Dreads, you never get that. You do you, man. I'm just here. <laughs> That's fine. I'm cool with it. Whatever. All right. All right. I'm not going to fight for while we're young. And you're right. I do quote Spring Breakers way more than while we're young. Spring Breakers has a scene that I visually remember that. I think it has a better scene. 
mm-hmm. than anything of our young. So yeah. So we're moving on to our quarterfinals here. We got Swiss Army Man up against Good Time, and for me, uh, I think it's a pretty easy win for Swiss Army Man. We really making that fart movie go all the way? <laughs> I know this is this is Minority Report all over again. Right, <laughs> I, I'm good with it. I, I really am because I do think Good Time's good. Yeah. But maybe I'm more rewatches Good Time may go up there. But Swiss Army Man. It, there's, a, there's a whole conversation piece that goes with Swiss Army Man, and I don't want to spoil it all, but it's very intriguing when you think about the ending. And Swiss Army Man does have Ramona Flowers at the end of it. That I do know. Okay, yeah, that, that one's true. That, was, that I know. Uh, and then we have A Most Violent Year up against The Lobster. I think this is an interesting matchup. I'm going a most violent year, but if okay, you can cool. really sway me on the lobster, I I'm not gonna sway you. I mean, for me, I think it's pretty even. I think the lobster is really unique and hilarious, but uh, like I've said before, I think a most violent year is extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that it sort of deals with the era and Oscar Isaac's character, I think it's just so so interesting, and and you can keep getting more from it on the rewatch. I'm very happy to go to most violent year here. I'm down for it. I mean, like I said, I think in terms of like, uh, I know we were talking about one of the previous episodes about um, the HBO show, The Sopranos. Was it The Sopranos? Sopranos coming back for another season or yes. something like that? Yeah, it's coming up for the movie. Uh, to, I'm still excited for The Irishman, and I hope that there's something there. Yeah. And I look at it, and, and the closest thing that I want it to be is Almost Violent Year. So I'm yeah. okay with it going. I personally, and again, this being our bracket. Right. But I feel like a lot of people haven't given it the attention. So, you know, if you're watching this and you're like, how is it getting ahead? Have you seen it? No. Give it a yeah. watch. Give it yeah, a watch. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of people really do love The Lobster. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people uh, in the comments down below who are like, how do you pick this over The Lobster? Mm-hmm. I love Lobster. That was one of my favorite movies that you came out. Um, the Most Island Year, just, I think there's a lot there. I really want people to check that mm-hmm. one out. Moonlight versus Enemy. I think we got to talk about this. I, I think we got to talk about this. I mean, these are both really great movies from really cool filmmakers. They're both movies that we've both rewatched a lot and that benefit from getting able to experience them over and over again. One a little bit more so than the other, but I think there's a resonance to Moonlight in a way that maybe Enemy doesn't have yet Enemy Boy you tiptoeing <laughs> yet Enemy has kind of a philosophical air and a, and a little bit like of a mind altering mind yeah. expanding a little bit feel to it what do you honestly feel go ahead tell me I know, I know you honestly want Moonlight I know you do I, I kind of I would go Moonlight I would go Moonlight I do. it's I think it's narrowly Moonlight's, uh, but I, I think it's the better movie. Look, I can be unbiased with it. I know that a lot of it comes into, again, Enemy, Enemy no doubt, fits into that under-the-skin, annihilation type of movie where it's like you're either with it or you're not. It's, it's You go into it and you go, wow, that was really good. That was pretentious. It it's, goes in there with a ghost story. You're, I know that a, one of the other ones, a ghost story, under-the-skin, that's their enemy for whoever mm-hmm. that is. And I know that there's just something about Enemy that, for me, gave it all. Now, I have my reasonings for it and where I truly believe that the, the, that the filmmaking in it is a lot better than ones like Under the Skin. 
a ghost story. That's why Denis Villeneuve is my favorite director working today. Mm-hmm. So uh, while I do have my reasons for it, and I would argue for it more and more. Like I, I really will more than the bias that I can ever have for it. Uh, Moonlight is just way more accessible. And I say that by still by still admitting to the fact that I don't believe every movie needs to be universal. Mm-hmm. And Moonlight definitely isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's that idea, oh, let's make something. But then you strip away a lot of it. But Moonlight does that thing where they present to you three radically different-looking people. Yeah. And you still buy it. Yeah. Because of what the story is telling you and how much you shift with the certain actions in life. Yeah, and... It's a movie that takes advantage of all the things that you don't see, too. Uh, I think that's a really incredible thing to pull off. Uh, it, it's similar to the things that I love about Boyhood, but it does it in a different package. Oh, come on now. It did everything I wanted Boyhood to do. And I believe his name is Travante Rhodes. It gave us yeah. Travante Rhodes. <laughs> it did give us Travante so, Rhodes. I'm so, fair with that. I'm good with that. Cool. So we're going Moonlight. And then it's the Florida Project versus Spring Break. Now you're playing right now, okay? Just because they both <laughs> take in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta go Florida Project. I'm gonna uh, let I, you disrespect it now. I, I like Spring Breakers a lot, I, but Florida Project, I think, is a really great movie. Uh, we've talked on this podcast about why we both think it's really good. So I think we're both happy with that one advancing. Enemy, yes. <laughs> Uh, so then we got Swiss Army Man versus A Most Violent Year to find out which one goes to the finals. Bro, we about, we about to post we about to post the winner as the fart movie. Let's go. I can't wait. I it's can't Swiss wait. Swiss Army people. Man. It's yo, we're going to. I, I, we got to get there first before I make a comment. But yes, <laughs> I'm picking Swiss Army Man over A Most Violent Year. I don't know why. Really, at this point, my mind is just racing at a certain point where I don't. I'm looking at this whole thing and I cannot believe that. It beat Lady Bird. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Good time. Ex Machina. The Lobster Room. Green Room. Both rooms. And <laughs> I personally think it beats the most violent in year. If we're, talk- when I- if we're talking about A24 and the risk that it takes, these mm-hmm. are, I think, the risk that it takes, and I think it pays off. Because, like, we're talking about, you usually see a movie, and that's the movie right there. Maybe it spawns off some roles. How are... It's like a Frankenstein. They're taking bits and pieces of the movie to use in other things. Yeah. Harry Potter is in this movie. He is the farting corpse. And you don't think of him as Harry Potter either. Like, exactly. That's, I know it's that hard it, enough to do that. I, I, don't, I know that I it's think, so cartoonish, but when we talk about Robert Pattinson having such a good role in Good Time, Daniel Radcliffe did it better. It's I just think he's this, farting. <laughs> yes, I think, but I think, you know, this kind of evokes the discussions we've had about BoJack. How sometimes the most ridiculous comedy gives you the most profound and deep moments. And this is a movie where a guy riding a farting corpse will make you cry. And I do not feel bad saying that. It's like, I never thought that I would love the. When I heard about this at Sunday, it's like the right, farting that, corpse movie. The farting movie. corpse movie. I was, I was so annoyed at the, at the existence of it. But it proved me wrong. It's inventive in every single frame. One of the most inventive was, movies I've ever seen. And that was part of the movie. You being upset before even giving it the chance, part of the movie. You just had a sign, seal, and deliver with that BoJack thing. I've been, I've been saying that phrase, especially for the last week or so. Comedies give you the most dramatic moments. It's yep. the farting corpse movie. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the bracket, 
we got two recent Oscar nominees, the Oscar winner, Moonlight, and the Oscar nominee, The Florida Project. I like Florida Project a lot, but uh, I don't think I'm going to get go for it here. I think it's Moonlight. It's Moonlight. So we're down to a final of the Farting Corpse movie versus A24's Best Picture winner. How do you choose? How do you even choose? You know what we're picking. I just don't want to be the one to say it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was. I love Swiss Army Man. I've seen Swiss Army Man way more than I've watched I'm gonna, Moonlight. I'm going to put it to you this way. Uh, the LGBT community is always welcome here on the intercut. <laughs> I know people like to, to feel away whenever they think that... They forget that we're talking about movies here. Yeah, last thing I need... How dare you, you love, you love releasing gas over the, the, the triumphant pride movie that was ours. I've never Enemy's seen my like favorite A24 movie. Yeah. But in this bracket, the way the cards have been played, Swiss Army Man is inventive. Yeah. The Daniels have, and here's the thing, the Daniels have yet to make the movie yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? When we look back at their career, Swiss Army Man is going to be one of the movies that they made before the The movie. movie. You know what I mean? They've Uh yet to make that one. And I'm glad to be on the path that they're on right now. Because when they finally make that movie, everyone's going to go like, yo, that's great. And then you're going to go back and watch. Right? Mm -hmm. Like Taika. People are barely going back and watching his movies. And I wonder even if like when we see more from the Daniels... Maybe we won't feel as highly about Swiss Army Man. Maybe we'll be like, oh, that was only the start. Like, they, they, they're taking this aesthetic even further. Or maybe that aesthetic turns into something that feels more like a gimmick. I don't think so. I, I, think I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I so. Think, I think Swiss Army Man is brilliant. It's emotional. It's hilarious. And it's touching. It, there really is a lot. There really is a lot to yeah. it. And if you're one and, to have d- dismissed it, please give it another chance. Yeah. And it's also just it. like one of the... Mo- I think what's great about it ending up at the top of our A24 bracket <laughs> is it's maybe the epitome of the kind of movie that we probably wouldn't get uh, wide release for without A24. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Minority man. Report versus Swiss Army Man. Who are you giving it to? <laughs> Man, All these other really... movies are great. All these other yeah. movies are great. Moonlight is a fantastic movie. Ex Machina is a fantastic movie. Enemy is one of my personal favorites of all time. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the way that we played this bracket between the both of us, Intercut is your official... Is it, is it Razzie? <laughs> Technically. Intercutty? It's your Intercutty? Well, I'm saying it's a Razzie because that's what happens in the movie. But uh, yeah, Swiss Army yeah. Man, it utilizes it, its, its story and its craziness... Just like the title suggests, and I say if you have not watched it, give it a chance. If you've seen it before and you dismissed it, give it a chance. Yes, please, please do. Uh, it's, it's a really great movie that we enjoy a lot here at Intercut. So that does it for our A24 bracket. Let us know down below where we went wrong. I'm sure you will. <laughs> They're going to say round one. They're going to say the first one. <laughs> what about Lady Bird, bro? Oh. Uh, <laughs> man. But these brackets have been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to get to our best Netflix TV shows the nice. next time you see us on Intercut. So make sure you stay tuned to the Intercut. Subscribe to us. Uh, click those links, likes, and stuff down below. Make sure Damn you do all that fun stuff. And that brings us to our final segment of the week, the new to see. Talking about what's new in theaters on DVD and streaming. 
uh, I don't have it ready. So we're going <laughs> to just move gonna on forward. to our picks for the week. Uh, let you know what's good out there to watch, uh, what's worth worth your time. Art, what are you recommending people go and check out? Well, I saw, I've seen a couple of the ones that are coming out in theaters already a little bit ahead of time. So I saw Blockers, and I think Blockers is a, is it's it's a funny movie. I am not up on it like a lot of other people are. Yeah, there's I some think people it, talking about it as like a really great spring comedy. Or, I gotta chill a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's a, it's it's more of a rented than going out to the theaters. But it is a funny movie. It does have its moments, but it also has a lot of dumb moments. But the yeah. blockers out there, it's it's decent amount of fun, a little bit of cringe. Uh, a Quiet Place is also coming out. Just came out of seeing this. Literally, through the magic of editing, I actually saw it in between the episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't notice. Um it is a fantastic movie. It is a lot more isolated than you think it is. If you're going to go to the theater, do not be that person who drinks, who brings in something to drink. I am not against that. Bring in an entire six-pack if you want. But I am telling you, you're supposed to open it during lounge scenes. You're going to take the, the thing home. There is no lounge scenes. It is actually super, super quiet. You will hear other people sniffing, breathing. You, you will hear them thinking. You will hear the movies that are playing over there. And it's such an interesting experience. And this is one yeah. where the sound really matters. So find the best sound capable, the, the best digital audio uh, Dolby Atmos screen yeah, do, that you can find. Do your fellow film goers a favor. And if you've got this ca- a case of the sniffles, Shut just up, stay dude. at home. Yes, stay at please. home. Uh, and For then a quiet place, of, at least. Yeah. <laughs> just be quiet at home. Uh, and then Isle of Dogs, which is my personal favorite because I love cultural appropriation. <laughs> and I love it when Wes Anderson does it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, have you, seen, you haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't. Uh, we'll talk I'll, about it next week. Yeah. Uh, that it, I think it's fantastic. I think it's more fantastic than Fantastic Mr. Fox, in fact. Interesting. Um, and I... I, I, I Jokes aside, I do see it as cultural appreciation. I see him really going in there and paying homage to, you know, Godzilla takes place in Japan. It's also fictional. Um, And I I think it's a delightful treat, if you Yeah, uh, just hitting on that cultural appropriation topic really quickly, I think Emily Yoshida at Vulture ended up writing a really interesting article. I I love her articles, too, even if I disagree with it. I love the way she writes. She's got a really interesting article where she talked to some actual uh, Japanese people and Japanese speakers about what their reaction to the movie was. And I think it's a lot more nuanced than a lot of the discussions that we're having out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot kinder, too, because sometimes I think when we get into this argument of a cultural appropriation, appreciation, whatever, whatever it is, we just throw out these really like mean spirited ideas and and this is a much more even-handed take on it so if you're looking for a a thoughtful informative look emily yoshida at vulture talked about the cultural appropriation-ness around isle of dogs my pick of the week though it's something that's relatively new to amazon prime video i caught this at last year's tribeca film festival flames this is from director Michael Malamidoff, who is a really interesting director. He previously put out the uh, problem with Apu, which a lot of people were talking about hey, last year. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, so this one, though, is a bit of a hybrid of documentary and fiction. It is about two filmmakers, one of whose names is uh, Josephine Decker, who I've seen a couple of her movies before. I think you might have seen one of her movies and not liked it. No, 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 Madeline's Madeline. Oh yeah, wait! I thought that was super intriguing. Yeah, I thought that the movie was super intriguing. It is definitely not going to be for everyone, but I loved what it did. Okay, cool. So she is in this movie. Okay, is it about 
it's about a relationship that she was in for like five years with another director and basically how they fell in love and out of love during the process of it where they fictionalize certain elements and they're playing with the relationship is the other director sort of, in the movie yeah they're the not Malamidov, but the two people who are in the relationship are the stars of the movie, and they're also kind of guiding the project. So it's this weird thing where it's their lives, but they're also performing it for cameras and trying to make it the most interesting film it could be. And they're directors. It's this very, very interesting blend where you can't really tell how much of it is real, how much of it is meant to be real, how much of it is fiction. There's a lot of emotions on their sleeves you can tell like this was a real painful hurtful process for the people at the center of this film josephine decker and uh forgetting the other guy's name yeah but it's fascinating it is a crazy it's a really interesting look yeah i mean it's just it's a much more interest it's a much more intimate view on relationships than you're bound to get in most movies because it's so real uh and it's uncomfortable too. I mean, it's there's moments where they're madly passionately in love, and you see their sexual intimate moments, and then you see them have like intense fights. The way that only people who know each other really well would be could, able to fight could like, be mean I... to each other. You go into therapy sessions for uh-huh. them, and then they ask you to think, well. Are we doing these therapy sessions for us or for the movie? Yeah. And, and it's just a great mind fuck. The director, Malamidov, does appear in it too during edit sessions because they filmed edit oh, okay. sessions. That's it's just for the movie that's being edited. Okay. So if you're interested as a filmmaker, I think there's a lot of really cool elements here, just like piecing together what is real, what's not, what's documentary, what's fiction. But also, if you just want to see a raw glimpse at relationships, I think Flames on Amazon Prime Video, that's absolutely worth checking out. That's dope. Interesting. So that's all, that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at Zshevich, or on Instagram, at Zshevich. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show art, where, people can, where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Got videos coming up there. You can also find me, depending on when you're watching this, uh, the Doc 10 Film Festival in real life if you're a Chicago native, hey. or C2E2 if you're a Chicago native. If you're watching this in the future, I will also be going to the 2019, 2020, 2021. I will be skipping 2022, but returning on 2023 for those festivals. <laughs> and uh, you can find me right here on the Intercut. Yeah, well. man. Every week you can listen to episodes of the Intercut using... Apple Podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed to the video feed, not just that audio podcast. It's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. You can catch our bright, shining, smiling faces here every week and see as we run through the latest in entertainment, find new episodes of the Intercut here usually on Tuesdays sometimes they're getting mm-hmm. up on Wednesdays uh, we've had a little bit of busy schedule but we're gonna yep. be consistent getting you one every week so make sure you're subscribed sharing liking whatever you got to do like our Facebook page our Instagram page our Twitter pages all of them are at intercut pod to get updates from both of us throughout the week thanks again for tuning in and until next time she said do you love me I told her sorry I'm only in love with the movies Netflix and chill Thank <laughs> you.